Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. Thank you for joining us again today. We are on day three of this fun conversation we've had this week with Nikki Truesdell, and it's been so encouraging to me. I'm sure it has been to you as well. And so I'm excited to have her back today. Uh, We're going to talk about homeschooling multiple kids um, at multiple ages. And Nikki's got five kids and she's had them kind of all over the place age-wise. And so she has kind of mastered this idea. I can't speak too much on this because I have two girls and they're almost five years apart, but it hasn't been as much of a struggle for me because I have only two. I don't have five. I don't have seven or eight or 10. Um, But even if you have two or three, this will be so helpful for you because Nikki's got all kinds of wisdom to share with us. So we're going to talk about that today. But before we do, I want to say thank you to our sponsor, CTC Math. If you guys are looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. Try them out for free, ctcmath.com. They will teach math to your kids so that you don't have to, ctcmath.com. Well, Nikki, welcome back. Um, Tell us your age ranges of your kids, um, just to kind of set the stage for our audience. What what does your kid's situation look like? So I think there's a 15-year difference between my oldest and youngest. Okay. So currently their ages are 12, 15, 17, 22, and 26. Okay. Um, So for a long time, I had two kids for nine years. And if you heard my uh, previous Schoolhouse Rocked interview, that's where I talk about my life as um, married in an abusive marriage and then single motherhood and then remarriage. And so, you know, there's a gap between my two oldest and then my next three. So 15 year difference between the first and the last. It's a, it's a pretty wide range, especially if it's only five kids. Some yeah. families have 10 kids and they squeeze them all in there. I didn't do that. I had five in, in that time. So there were often times when I was teaching not only my five kids, sometimes four, depending on preschooler or graduate, but I would occasionally, different years, homeschool my nieces and nephews because my sister was a single mom. And I had a very good friend who was also a single mom going through a very difficult divorce And so I would homeschool her children. And there was a couple of years where I had the nieces and nephews and the friends. And so we had just a big classroom in our dining room. So I I have some experience in blending a whole lot of kids together. And so I want to share how you make that work. And the best way I can explain that is for you to think back to the one-room schoolhouses of the 18th and 19th centuries in America. Mm. Um, That's literally what you'll be doing if you follow my methods. So I didn't do this. I didn't go into this with a plan. I kind of had to figure it out as I went um, because I started out having a different curriculum for each child, a different grade level, different subjects. Oh, my. But I quickly learned that was not going to work. Um, yeah. By the time I had four kids, I had, uh, I think, a, a 12-year-old um, down to a two-year-old. Well, that's crazy. And the two-year-old wasn't having school yet. But I had a preschooler who was just dying to do school like his big sisters. And so you can imagine at least three different grade levels plus a toddler running around. Mm. I learned that it's very difficult to have multiple subjects at multiple grade levels. It takes all day long and you are either running a very strict school or you're always feeling like you're behind. 
it's it's so hard to just run a smooth school. Now, there have been some things that have made it easier in the 21st century, like online classes, um, co-ops, you know, things like that. But that doesn't work for everyone. I have friends who don't have internet access because they live so far out in the country um, or they don't go sign up for co-ops because with multiple children, it gets very expensive. And so if you fall into any of those categories, there is a way. So I'm going to tell you to combine as many of your kids into one group as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, That's going to look different at every house. But at our house, it worked well to put my two older kids together and then the younger group together. So I kind of had two groups instead of five classes. Um, We combined classes starting with history. History was kind of the core that we built everything around. Um, I first started doing this when I was using Sunlight Curriculum. And then we kind of merged. We did a couple different things, and now we are using Mystery of History. It all works very similar because you can group everyone together and teach one time period or one concept at different levels. Um, so that would include history and geography. It often includes literature. Um, you can do Bible studies this way, obviously. And in many cases, science, too. And so what that looks like is whatever age groups you have, everybody's together on the American Revolution. Everybody's studying that one time period together. And so you might have a read aloud that involves everyone, the whole family sitting in the same room together, listening to this, uh, whatever book you're reading out of the textbook or, you know, a story. And if you've got a video to show, everybody can watch that. If you've got a field trip, everyone can go on it. Then there will be a couple of different things that you'll adjust based on their ages. So an older child will do more research or read a harder book. Younger ones might do a coloring page. The middle kids will fit somewhere in there in between. They might have um, some copy work to do or read a book on their level. Uh, I quickly learned to pick up books on multiple levels. In fact, I have multiple copies of Pilgrim's Progress in different Um, age levels, you know, from easy to the original version. So different things like that, different biographies of George Washington, you know, for little Mm -hmm. kids, big kids, high schoolers. That way, everybody's on the same page, basically. And I do have some blog posts where I go into more detail about this so you can figure out how to do it. Even science can work this way in many cases. Obviously, I mean, there are only actually a few science subjects that we teach and they repeat. Um, But we have really enjoyed using Berean Builder Science because it is historic. So it follows the timeline of history as scientific discoveries were made, as scientists were born and, um, you know, invented things. And so that's a great way to implement this with your history timeline. Math and language arts are probably the two that you wouldn't be able to blend everybody in. Mm-hmm. unless you have kids very close in age. I have friends that do this. And so if they've got, a, you know, a 10 and 12 year old, there's a very good possibility that those kids can be on the same math level or the same language arts level. Uh, if they're doing a grammar book or a writing assignment, generally kids within a couple of years of each other can do the same work. Um, you have to remember that grade levels are a public school invention right. and you do not have to use them. So it's okay if your 10 and 12-year-old are doing the same curriculum, even if it says fourth grade or sixth grade. It's okay if your 14 and 15-year-old, 16-year-old are doing the same thing. Don't worry so much about grade levels. As long as they're learning and always moving forward, that is your goal. 
Um, so grade levels, throw them out the window because it will definitely help you with this one room uh, schoolhouse mindset. That is awesome. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. No parent should homeschool alone. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. And BJU Press exists to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at bjupresshomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to connect with an experienced homeschool consultant. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. We are back with Nikki. Um, All right, so we're talking about homeschooling multiple kids, multiple ages, kind of that one-room schoolhouse type thing, which we talked about. I want to be Ma Ingalls. And so (laughs) we just got to put all of our kids in their little bonnets and little hats and prairie dresses and, you know, overalls and all that fun stuff. And then it's it's the perfect mix. But for those maybe who actually don't live on a prairie, (laughs) what is your strategy for doing this um, with all of your kids? Well, you need to plan ahead. Um, There were two books that I found very helpful in the early years when I started figuring out this idea one was Managers of Their Homes. I think it's mm, uh-huh. put out by Titus too. And it's really yeah. good book on just learning how to schedule everybody. And even if you're not a scheduler, you can learn a lot from that book, just kind of how to arrange your day and to accomplish more. Because I tell you what, with a lot of kids, you can be overwhelmed and almost accomplish nothing sometimes. Yeah. But if you have a plan, you can get somewhere. Um, another book that I really enjoyed was Large Family Logistics. And both of those kind of helped me to figure out how to make everybody work together, how to have school and also make meals and also clean the house. And, um, you know, no matter how many kids you have, and and I recommend starting those books, even if you've got two kids, you know, Mm -hmm. start that mindset early. But especially when you're homeschooling, you might have multiple children, lots of ages, especially if you got babies and toddlers. That's one of the most common questions I get is, how how am I going to do this with these babies running around? Um, I recommend starting with the little kids first. So even if they're not old enough to have school, they want to be a part. They want to feel like they're having school. And so start the morning with um, a family circle time that involves them, whether you're just reading the Bible together, maybe sing a song, or just get the little kids together and sit on the floor and and do a fun song and read a story to them and maybe a, a quick activity. So they feel like we had our school and it fills up their little tank. They feel like, mm. okay, I have had my mom's attention. And then yeah. you know how little kids are. After a little bit of attention, they're happy to go play. And so if they're happy to go play, that's when you can sit down with your older children, maybe pick a topic, a subject that they really need your attention on. You know, it might be one certain child with their math lesson or something similar. Um, while those little ones are occupied and happy to play in the floor or, um, you know, gone off to another room to play, take 30 minutes with this child that needs specific instructions from you. Um, 
plan out those difficult subjects. Figure out when is the best time of day that you can devote to your chi- your children, whether it's 30-minute blocks or you've got a two-hour window during nap time. Maybe you just do it twice a week for two hours, both of those days. Do whatever, figure out a system where you have uninterrupted time to help with the hard subjects. Um, I also recommend putting big kids with little kids. If you've got a situation where that works, I did because mine were so spread out. So it was easy to say to the 12 year old, will you take little brother outside to play for 30 minutes while I do this, you know, while I help this child, um, that does so many things. It helps you. It, it helps their sibling relationship. Obviously, you have a little babysitter. They have a time limit so they don't feel like, oh, my gosh, my mom just left me in charge till who right. knows when. They know they have a little time limit and then they get to move on to something else. And so does the toddler. Mm. Um, utilize naps with those babies. Uh, I know that you're supposed to nap when they nap, but this is the real world. <laughs> yeah. You're probably not going to. Um Another thing that I implemented was quiet time. I learned this from some homeschool bloggers many years ago. And so every afternoon we would, after lunch, have about an hour of quiet time, which meant everybody had to be alone in a room, quiet. Sometimes your house doesn't work out that way, but as often as possible, separate each child into a different area of the house, whether it's for a nap or for quiet time. And that means they don't get to talk to anybody They might can have a book to look at or a very quiet toy. I didn't allow race cars and things like that. (laughs) Um, But And it took some training. It wasn't like uh, we implemented it and it worked great. It took training uh, probably a month at least, maybe longer. But they got used to it and it lasted for years and years. And so every single day there was that one hour. And if I needed to do something personal or if I needed a nap, that's what I did. So you did take Um, naps sometimes. (laughs) I'm actually a napper, yes. So whenever I could, I did. Um, And that quiet time made it possible. Even if it was 30 or 45 minutes, it certainly helped me get through the day. Yeah, yeah. And my my last um, tip would be combine food and reading. You know, if you're reading aloud Mm. from uh, a history book, science, or just a story that y'all are working through, Bible time, do it during breakfast or lunch because yeah. that kind of it's two birds with one stone. You have a captive audience. Everybody's happy when they've got food. And so you're going to have less complaining, less trying to get down from the table and leave the room. Um, so I, for a long time, I did breakfast and lunch reading just to get more done that way. And I would wolf them something down before or after, but they were all sitting at the table and sitting still and happy. So that's when we did yeah. a lot of our schoolwork. Yeah, I know a lot of parents who actually even do um, audiobooks um, and things like that oh, during yes. meal times. You know, yeah. so whether it's breakfast or lunch, um, they'll mm-hmm. just listen or pop pop in an audiobook, and then mom can yeah. clean the kitchen or do some I laundry or something books. like that while the kids are eating. And um, and then yes. that goes back to what we talked about on Monday: is they're getting that good literature fed into yeah. their brains, and um, and that's so so healthy for them. There are so many great so many. Um, literature options, you know, audio books and stuff for kids. We love yes. the Lamplighter series. We love the YWAM Heroes uh, Then and oh, Now yeah. series. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are, are tons and tons of great things that our kids can listen to that they there enjoy. Are. So, uh, so yeah, that's awesome. I love that. 
Um, let me ask you one last question. Um, yeah. We talked again in the first episode and then again yesterday about reading. You talked about uh, historical fiction. We talked about just classics and good literature. What are your, like if you could maybe choose your top three or four favorite books, Do you <laughs> can you pull those off the top of your head? Uh, my personal favorites or homeschooling with my kids' favorites? Yes to both. <laughs> okay. Let, let's do yes to both. Yeah, let's do a couple of your personal favorites and then some of your favorites that you've read with your kids. So my personal favorites, um, I'm a big Jane Austen fan. I read Pride and Prejudice a lot. <laughs> it's okay. one of my favorites. <laughs> um, I'm a Tolkien fan. I love The Lord of the Rings, Silmarillion, every, every single thing that he wrote, I love. Um, and I love Westerns. I've got the oh, whole fun. Louis L'Amour collection. I've been reading those since I was 14. So you can see I'm kind of a, a fiction person, but yeah. I love nonfiction. I read a lot of apologetics, um, mm. a lot of apologetics. That's kind of where I've been for several years now. And then, of course, you know, gardening and, and things like that. Um, so for homeschooling, some of my favorites that I'm trying to remember stick out to me. One's called uh, The Bible Smuggler. I think that's the name of it by, um, can't remember her name. I'll, I'll try to get you the, the title so okay. you can share it. Um, then we read The Trumpeter of Krakow. That is okay. a really different and interesting one. It's sort of medieval, takes place in Ukraine. Which okay. uh, when the Ukraine was more in the news, it was so it was so perfect timing for us. But it actually had to do with the medieval times we were reading about. Very interesting. It still relates to today. Um, the Great and Terrible Quest is a really good one. It's a medieval okay. story and it's an adventure until the end. Little House on the Prairie. Love all oh, yeah. of Laura Ingalls writing. So we read those, you know, um, Goodness, I could go on for days, but yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's. I've not read any of those <laughs> except for uh, little uh, little house. Of course, I've read that, um, you know, a few times. And oh yeah, and you. As a matter of fact, say... I have two. I have two series. Uh, oh good. Two sets of the little Ingalls, uh, the little Ingalls, the little house <laughs> series. One for each of my girls, so that good. when they leave my home, I did <laughs> they that can too. each take them yes. with them. And, uh, yeah, I, and you can't that. say I love Little House if you've only watched the TV show. You have yeah. got to read the books. They're so different I, and so much better. I'm certain I have said this on the podcast before. It, it, it's still, I, I shake my head and, and wonder. Um, you know, I grew up <laughs> in a Christian school my whole life, uh -huh. and I did not know that the Little House series, TV series that I grew up with was based on a real person. I didn't know that there was a book series. It's yeah. so sad. We it never is. read that in school. And in my family, we weren't big readers. And so I, I didn't even know that that existed. I didn't know wow. Laura Ingalls was a real person. I had never heard of Pompeii. Um, I, I, I was just talking to my daughter about this um, as we were talking about, you know, just the things that she wants to learn and what, what things do we want to, you know, what holes yeah. do we want to fill over this last year with her? Um, I still stand in shock that I never learned about the Holocaust um, in school wow. growing up ever. We had to have read something about it when we got to World War II, I'm guessing. Yeah. But we definitely didn't 
dig deep wow. into it because how would you not remember that, right? I mean, yeah. I, unless yeah. it was so traumatic for me that I simply just blocked, <laughs> blocked it out of my it. mind. I don't know, yeah. Yeah. but it's so interesting. And that's one of the things I love most about homeschooling. Um, you know, we talked about mm-hmm. the timeline, like I didn't even know that was a thing until we started homeschooling. And it's yeah. just so cool that we have the opportunity to regain our education with our kids yes. as we homeschool yes. them. There's so much that I've learned. And, and again, this is what I was telling my daughter today. I said, I've learned more in my adult life mm-hmm. than I ever learned growing up. And when I got to, and I, I talk about this in the movie, actually, um, in Schoolhouse Rocked, but when I got to the end of my senior year, I was literally like, woohoo, praise the Lord. I am done with learning. I am done with school. <laughs> yeah. And you throw that cap up in the air. And it was like, that was the end of it for me. And, mm-hmm. and that was literally my mindset. Like, I never have to learn anything again. Mm-hmm. And how silly that is. You know, it is. We want to teach our kids to be lifelong learners. That's right. And so I'm trying to, you know, I'm encouraging my daughter. I'm like, what, you know, what do you want to learn this year? But we don't have to learn at all because you're going to mm-hmm. continue learning for the rest of your life and you're going to learn more in your adult life than you're ever going to have learned in your childhood. Yes. And so praise God for that. I'm so grateful for the privilege and um, ability to homeschool our kids because we get to learn about God and yes. about his creation well, and about you his know goodness. How I said in the beginning on the the first episode about don't worry if your kids don't love reading or don't yeah. you know don't just automatically pick up books and read on their own because it's the same thing with all learning you're mm. just giving them the foundation and the tools right. and they will grow up and continue learning you don't get yeah. to pick what they're learning anymore sure. But when you when you get to homeschool and you give them all the possibilities and that foundation, it's so yeah. fun to see them grow up and become their own person and yep. learn all kinds of things that you never even thought about. Yep, yep, I love it. You know, I, I think it's uh, Davis and Rachel Carmen. Um, they often say character over curriculum, and Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I mean, if we raised our kids for you know their first eighteen years of life and we you know really work on their character and their relationship with the Lord that's so much more important than any curriculum we could put in yeah, front of them. And so, absolutely. Um, so yeah, anyway, we are out of time, but Nikki, thank you so much for being with us this week. It has been such a pleasure and a joy a time. chatting with you. And we'll do this again soon. Um, we'll put all the links to everything, Nikki, in the show notes. So you guys can easily find them as well as all. We've talked about a lot of things this week. So lots <laughs> of books, lots of resources. We will put links to all of those things so that you can find them easily. And you can find those show notes on pretty much, I think, any podcast app that you find, but you can also find those on our website. If you go to podcast.schoolhouserocked.com, you can pull up all of our podcast episodes there and click on those individual episodes and that pulls up the show notes. So for those of you who hear me say that all the time and you're like, how do I get to these show notes? That's how you get to them. You can get to to them through our website as well, schoolhouserocked.com. Uh, com that will take you to the podcast. But thank you guys for joining us. If you've not left a review for the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast, please do that. If you have not listened to our sister podcast, the Homeschool Insights podcast, listen to that as well. That is a daily dose of encouragement, 10 minutes or less, that will just um, inspire you on your homeschool journey. Have a great rest of your week and we'll see you back here next Monday. Stick around till the end of the show for a preview of what's coming next on the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. 
we've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com slash rocked. She had um, just found out she was pregnant. She was going to have an abortion. And I gave my testimony that day, and I said, I was a 17-year-old girl, and I was pregnant with my son, and I, my boyfriend was out of the picture, and I started praying for my future husband. He's been there since Corey was a tiny baby, and God has just had this wonderful story. And she's like, because you said that, I started praying for my future husband. And she says, and this is my son, Toby, and this is my husband, Dave. And like, it was just this moment. <laughs> 